First Peter one thirteen through twenty one. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy." And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile. Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has made manifest, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for these precious words that you have written down for our instruction, for our blessing, for our encouragement. Lord, we ask you now to come and open up your word to us this morning with power and then the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask you to powerfully speak to us this morning. We ask, Lord, that the words would come in truth and with life. God, we thank you for the power of your words to sanctify us. Thank you for the power of your words to change and transform our lives into the image of Jesus Christ. And now we uh, submit this time to you, and we, we just ask you to do something very special here among us today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Josh is gone this morning. And we've asked uh, our brother, uh, brother from our church family, David Janicek, to uh, come and, and share the word with us this morning. So we're excited to hear what uh, the Lord has laid on David's heart. And may the Lord bless you and empower you, David, as you come and speak with us. All right. Well, last, last week, Reed set the table, uh, discussing the great glory and the great wondrous salvation that God wrought. So, something so much, so incredible, unbelievable, beyond what we can understand, that even the angels who sit in the presence of God, worshiping him, are desiring to look into the salvation that we possess they earnestly are looking into these things, and they, and they sit in the presence of God. Now it's our part. Therefore, in light of these things, of this great salvation that God has given us, in view of what the prophets have said, and what Jesus has fulfilled 
and what the apostles of Jesus have laid down in the holy word of God. And, pro, and, and we're people, we are proclaiming that still now. In light of these things, this is what the Lord says we are to be about. In light of these things, therefore, therefore. And this is really convicting stuff. I mean, I, I mean it's hard, you know, because any, any person that's up here, we are all a work in progress. We are all... And what's important is that we are on this path of righteousness that Jesus has for us. That we are going down this path and, as, and God is sanctifying us. So do not condemn yourself. It's a high standard. Okay? All right. I, I've had an emotional week, so <laughs> forgive me. All right. First uh, Peter one thirteen a says, we'll just, we're going to take it a piece at a time because there's, there's a lot here, but it's pretty intuitive. Preparing your minds for action. The, the New King James says to gird up the loins of your mind. It's, the, the ESV is a, is a thought for thought. The New King James, other versions of the Bible are a word for word. They're taking, they'll put, they'll put, they'll put that uh, expression down that they used to use. You know how we use expressions like dumber than a doornail and things like this? They're using the expressions of that time. And so the people of that time, would they knew exactly what that was. To gird up their loins of your mind meant that these men are wearing robes. Kind of like long dresses on women. You're wearing this robe and you've got a belt around your belt. And you've got this belt on. And if you want to move or you want to work, you've got to pull this up and strap it down again. To do anything, to gird up the loins of your mind, is you need to prepare. Our, we need to prepare our minds to do what God wants. Be prepared to do action. God didn't call us well to rest on our blessed assurance. He called us. He called us to to act for Him and to be willing and ready to to do whatever He's told us or called us to do in any situation. We're supposed to be ready to give an answer to any man who asks for the reason of the hope that's in us. We're supposed to be zealous for good works, ready for action. And that's convicting for me. It's really easy for me to live with my robe down, just sitting around, relaxing, because that's what they did. They were at home, eating or whatever. Their robe was down, and they were just lounging. They were eating, they were talking, they were, you know... How much time have I spent as a Christian in my Christian life with my robe down? I'm not ready for what God has for me. I'm not ready. That's really convicting for me. I don't know about anybody else, but it's like, wow, I have wasted. I'm nearing. I'm 48 and a half. You know, what have I gotten done? I don't know. You know, for the Lord at this point. Uh, if there was ever an age of distraction, it's today. The, I'm sorry. Whoa. Sorry. I talk with my hands, and my hands should not go there, I guess. <laughs> Think about how distracted we are today. All the gadgets. Here, I'm an old guy. Gizmos. You know, all the things that we have to distract us. It's, a, it's just a plethora of things. I mean... 
I, 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 one of my pet peeves, I'm driving, and, you know, and you see a car that's either going too slow or kind of going like this or going up, you know, speeding it. And inevitably, you go by, and this person's got a phone here, and they're driving like this, and they're messing with their phone. We, we, can't, even, we can't even not be distracted while we're driving. I mean, and not all those things are bad, but we have to prepare our minds for action. We have to be alert. When you're driving, you have to be alert. You can't be distracted by anything else. And that's, spiritually, that's how I've lived a lot of the time. I'm distracted by my job. I'm distracted by entertainment. I'm distracted by something else. And God has called me to gird up the loins of my mind and be ready for action. It says, the other part of 13b says to be sober-minded. Or New King James is be sober. What does it mean to be sober? I mean, we think not drunk. You think of sobriety tests that the state patrol gives people along the interstate. Not drunk means to be in your sound mind, spiritually, full of nothing else but the Word of God and what, how God views the world. How many of us, we're not really being sober. We're embracing worldly thinking. We're embr- and, and how we parent, how we order our lives at our jobs, are we being sober-minded? Are we committed? Are, do we open the Bible and say, God, this is how I need to order my life. How, this, this is how I need to order my family. Are we sober? Are, are we holding on to things? Are we worried about the worldly fashions of his life? The passing fads. The passing fads of thought. The passing fads of fashion. The passing fads of entertainment. The passing fads of technology. Do those things concern us more than what God says? Because anything we see with our eyes, it is temporary. The things that are not seen are eternal. So, my body that I'm so concerned about, and I'm concerned a lot about it, you can tell. I mean, you know, at at dinner time... (laughs) (laughs) this will not be seen. This will not remain. I mean, if you looked at my wedding picture and looked now and you go, what happened? (laughs) Was that the same guy? (laughs) My poor wife, she got got sold uh, something pretty temporary, you know, (laughs) as far as the outward appearance goes. Uh, It's temporary, guys. It's, we're called to be Sober. And this soberness requires effort because everything around us is pushing. And all this, all the entertainment is in the, the messages and the just rubbing shoulders with the people around us. It is having an influence on us. And, and, how, and how, do, how do you have to wash off, okay? The Word of God, if you read it, and if you'll seek the Lord in prayer, those influences, you can wash them off day by day. You know, how shall a young man cleanse his way 
by taking heed thereto according to your word. But if we're not being sober and we're distracted and we're not ready for action, it's, we're, not, we're not going to be what God wants us to be. This, this glorious thing, we are not gonna, that's not even going to be in our minds what God has done for us. There is a big cost. It's not, this isn't a game we're playing. This isn't like, oh, you know, I'll be okay if, I, if I'm not sober. I'll be okay if I'm not ready. This isn't a game what we're playing. This is, for, for, this is eternity. We are, we are serving the eternal God who made us. And our enemy, he doesn't sleep. First uh, Peter 5.8 says, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. When, we're, when, when a person's drunk, and if you're drunk spiritually with the world, or whatever, whatever's, whatever it is that's distracting you, if you're not in your right mind, anything can happen to you. You hear stories of drunk drivers, for example. If they were sober, they wouldn't crash into someone and kill their family. If they had been in their right mind, and if you are in your right mind spiritually, that won't happen either. It's something that... It's really easy not to be sober. It takes effort. The devil is, is, is looking. He is waiting. He is lurking. I don't want to make you afraid, but I do want to make you afraid at the same time. If you're not in your right mind spiritually, you won't even know he's, he won't even know he's right next to you. You won't even know he's in, in your home messing with your kids. You won't even know that he's, mess, he's, he's messing with you. He's, that he's deceiving you. That he's taking you down this path that will destroy you. And, and, make, and make you dirty. And he knows. Because he's a spiritual being. We need to be sober. Because God has given us everything we need for godliness. With the armor of God. And, and he wants us to be asleep. He wants us to be unsober-minded. Men. Comes to us first. As the heads of our home. I'm guilty. I haven't been sober like it should. And we all, we all fall. We all have issues. And we all work through things. Your wife needs you. Your kids need you. And if you're a grandparent, your grandkids need you. Your, your adult children need you to be sober, to pray, to be a light. To be... We want to be sober. Verse 13 continues. It says, we, we, we want to be sober. We want to be alert. 
Why? To set your heart fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's something about walking in the light and doing what God wants. All the other things will work will start working in your spiritual life. You ask God for more joy. You ask God for more peace. You ask God to fill your heart with love. It all flows together. You start by doing these things, and then then God infills you with this hope. He he starts to fill you by with His Holy Spirit, with the love of Christ. He starts to fill you with the peace of God because it's something we don't have. We don't have these things. We don't have the fruit of the Spirit naturally. We don't have these things. It has to come from Him through His Holy Spirit that dwells in us. To set your heart fully on the grace that will be brought you. In order to rest our hopes fully on this blessed hope, we must walk prepared and sober Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I know that this is a. I get the we get the phone call, and that's brother is good for letting us know about a half hour out that he's coming or something. <laughs> and he, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa! We're 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 putting it, we're cleaning the house. We're we're going we're going crazy. You know, hiding. Laundry baskets and, you know, all kinds of things. Anything that's going on, you know, we're in the middle of folding laundry and it's like it's everything's everywhere. Ah, throw it all. We go hide in the bedroom, close the door. So if, if all the doors, if you come visit, all the clo- doors are closed in our house, don't open them. Okay? Just, just saying. <laughs> okay. Stay in the middle. Stay in, stay in the center. Stay in the good area. Okay. Uh, Jesus is coming, you know, this isn't a light matter, you know, coming to visit somebody. Jesus is coming. Are, you, are we waiting for the bridegroom? Are we prepared? Luke twelve thirty six says, Let your waist be girded. There's that expression again. Let your waist be girded. You're ready for action. And your lamps burning. And you yourself, like men, who wait for their master that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Jesus is going to give you that half an hour call when he comes. Whether he comes for you at the, at the end of the age, or he comes for you in death, because we don't know when we're going to die. When my Savior calls, I will answer. When he calls for me, I will hear. When he calls for me, I will answer. I'll be somewhere listening for my name, the old song says. Are you listening for your name? Does Jesus call your name? If you know him, he he does. He will. Waste be girded and lamps burning. You're ready for company. <laughs> it's always good to be ready for company. Are you ready for company today?
I know if the, the governor was going to come to your house, what would you do? It'd be clean, wouldn't it? Or and if you had enough advance notice, all those things that projects you hadn't done, you'd get them done. But Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, is coming to our house today. This is his house. This is his house. It says that when he comes and knocks, you may open to him immediately. So you're not sleeping on the couch and he has to keep knocking. Boom, 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 boom. Huh? Boom, 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 boom. You're, you're waiting for him. You're that, our expectation is to be like that. I, that's, that's really convicting, okay? Because, you know, God's, don't, God's called to examine ourselves. Is my Christianity like that? It's not. I don't, I don't feel like it is. Verse 14 continues. It says, as obedient children. As obedient children. <laughs> you could stop there and do a sermon on that, but I won't, so don't worry. <laughs> as obedient children. I've, I've been a parent for 24 years now, straight. And I've still got probably another eight to go. So my whole seems like my life, as far as I can remember, I've always been dealing with children. And usually, you know, and if they're doing the right thing, you don't generally say anything. But when they're disobedient, you say something. (laughs) Or you do something. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. When you came to Jesus, now some of us probably got saved when we were a kid, maybe, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And we hadn't lived this sordid life or anything like that. So it may be harder for a child, someone that's raised a Christian and is really born again to really, to, to really think about this. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. There's a, Jesus said to repent. And to believe the gospel. There was a repentance involved. So you have, there has to be something you turn from. Turned away from. And then believed on Christ. You've repented of your old life. Because there is the tendency for that stuff to creep back in. When, when we backslide, we go back to, to Egypt. We go back to what we used to do. We go back to the same way of thinking, whether it's depression, whether it's, you know, falling back into evil entertainment, whether it's falling back into drunkenness, whether it's falling back into revelry, whether it's falling back into greed. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. We need to see ourselves as a new creation, something entirely new. I know you have a, we have a flesh and it's pulling and this, our mind is pulling and the, world, you know, we're getting, and the world is trying to push us back into that. It says, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. You're a foster kid. You've been adopted. I mean, I have foster kids that have been adopted. Uh, other people in the church do. And they come with some baggage. 
And some of them, some of them have a lot of baggage. And so do, so do we. You've been adopted by, by God. And, you're, and you were like the foster kid that, if you're not Jewish, you were like the foster kid that wasn't even the, the first choice. <laughs> because Jesus came to the Jews first. We're grafted in like a wild olive branch, the Bible says. So we should be even more grateful. We, as Gentiles, we should be more grateful for what God has done for us. Because the promises came first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. It's, it's hard to break these habits. But God didn't give us something, didn't tell us to do something that was not possible. He didn't, he didn't you know, I know the modern psychology says, you're always going to be this way. You're always, you're always going to do this. Just accept it and, you know, and deal with it. But Jesus Christ can set you free. His power can set you free. Jesus Christ has the power to break every chain. And some things, you have to wear, you have to rub it and 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 scratch it and rub it, rub it, rub it, and finally it breaks. And other chains can be broken immediately. It's, there's not a, an easy, you know, it's not a, there's no pat answer to it. But you keep, you keep on your knees and you keep going. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. God expects us to be obedient children to him in all that implies. We don't, we don't get a pass because we're not in the New Testament era. I mean, we, we, I think sometimes we think God has a different standard for us and a different standard for the first century Christians. He, he doesn't. Because would that be fair? We actually, have, we actually have more than they have other than the apostles. We have the completed word of God. We can read it's readily available to us. Those people didn't. They had trained elders. And, and, and they had pieces, pieces of the New Testament. They didn't, they didn't put it all together for a couple hundred years later. And one thing. Folks, we are responsible for, for the whole counsel of God. We aren't to be like children, back to the children, because that's what we are. We're God's children. We're not smarter than him. He doesn't need, really need our advice. He doesn't need us to tell him what he needs to do and how he needs to do it and when he needs to do it, does he? We aren't to be like children throwing fits in the candy section. That was... That, that was always one of my, you, you go in high V or somewhere and there's this kid that's throwing a rip-roaring fit over not getting the candy he wanted. Are we like that? Am I like that, really? When I don't get what I want and what I think I should get, do, am I, do I throw a spiritual fit? 
Do I backslide? Do I yell at God? Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. We have to walk in continued repentance toward our old life. It's, our salvation isn't like, I'm saved now, boom, do what I want. It's, we walk in this continued repentance. You repent and, and believe the gospel, and then you walk this path of righteousness with Jesus. And then they shall know you by your fruits. You know, you, you don't want to be a person that people go, well, they say they're saved, but I don't know. They really don't act like anybody. They don't really act any different than other people in the world other than they say they're a Christian. Do you, I mean, I, when you go to a funeral, I mean, I, we've had some older relatives die. They went to church, different churches. And the minister's never going to say, yeah, old so-and-so, you know, you know where he went, you know. They're always going to say, yeah, he was a good Christian, you know, he's with Jesus. Do you want, I, I don't want people sitting at my funeral going, well, I hope he made it. <laughs> well, you know, did he really know God? By your fruits you shall know them. And if you will... If you will walk and continue repentance, Jesus will produce this fruit in you. And, 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 and they'll see, people will see Jesus in you. That's being an obedient child. An obedient child will reflect his parent. Jesus said, if, if, you, have, if, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Like Father, like Son. He's just like his, he's just like his, looks just like his dad. I see the family resemblance. Do people see Jesus in us? And it's, re, it's a reflected glory, it's not us. But are we getting out of the way enough and living as obedient children to where they can see, see Jesus? Who he really is? And that's again, that's not something we do, we can do. God has to do this in us. John 1, 3, 1 through 3 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, God loves you. You're just not some kid God took as He had to some foster kid that nobody else would take, and he says, oh, okay, well, there's no other home to put him in. I'll take him. Even though I don't really want him, I'll take him. No, it says, beloved. God loves you. Very, very much. More than you can know. Beloved, now. Right now. If God's Spirit is in you right now, you are a child of God. Right now, you're a child of God. Not when Jesus comes back. You're, you're a child of God right now. He has given you the earnest of your inheritance. A foretaste of what is to come. The promised Holy Spirit. Now are we the children of God. And it, does, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. You have something really 
unbelievable to look forward to. It has not yet been revealed what you shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall see him as he is. And everyone that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. If this hope is in you, if you are a child of God, the word says you purify yourself. There is this desire to be pleasing to the Lord, to be pleasing to your, your Father, to do what pleases your Father, not what pleases your old father, the devil, not what pleases the world, but what pleases him. You purify yourself, even as he, Jesus, is pure. And he knows we can't get all the way up there, okay? But we would stay on that path, wherever it leads. He purifies himself. We shall see him as he is. We shall behold him. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face and the wonder of his grace. Hallelujah. What a day, glorious day that will be. You're going to see the one that made you. He created you for his purpose. And everything will Time won't matter anymore, okay? Everything will be, our, will be good and perfect peace. Hallelujah. That is, the, that, is your, that is your blessed hope. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that, is, that hope is supposed to anchor you. At the times your road gets hard, you, can, you look ahead to the revelation of Jesus Christ, the hope. Of, of salvation of your soul. And you, you stay on that path, even though it's rocky, bumpy, stormy, rainy. You stay on that path. 1 Peter 1.15 says, As he has called you, is holy. You also be holy in all your conduct, since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. Friends, we have been separated unto God. As if all that wasn't enough. And that was plenty. We have been separated unto God. In the Old Testament, Israel was a, a, a chosen people, set apart to God, a holy people. They were separate to him of all the nations. We are his holy people now. His Holy Spirit dwells in us, making us his holy temple. We are called a holy people, a holy priesthood, a holy nation. This is something oops again, sorry. This is something that we are neglecting today in the church. I'm not saying this church, but in general. 
we are neglecting God's holiness. And our holy separation unto Him. To be holy means to be set apart. God is set apart. He is the most holy. The holy of holies was the most holy place where God's presence dwelled. Because it was set apart to Him. He is like nothing else. He is like no one else. He does not think like we think. His, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are His ways than our ways. And His thoughts than our thoughts. We like to think He thinks like us. Because we think like us. He does not. He is who is good. He is who is righteous. He is who is just. He is who is merciful. He is who is glorious. And He is who is holy. There is no one like the Lord. And you are separated to Him. If His Holy Spirit dwells in you, you are separated to Him. You are His peculiar. Not peculiar and weird. Peculiar and special. Peculiar and holy. You're separated to Him. You are His holy temple where He dwells. We as the church are His holy nation. As, a, as the body of Christ, we are separated unto God as a holy, chosen. We are the chosen people. Because we are spiritual heirs, heirs of Abraham. Rejoice in that. You, if God dwells in you, you are holy. You are holy. Not because you're holy by yourself, but because He's holy. And His Holy Spirit dwells in you, making your temple holy. We are to, we are to, we, you should live like Jesus, like God is living right here. Like, 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 like the temple. You think of the temple. And all the times that Israel backslid, they've, they didn't repair the temple. They put idols up in the temple, in the temple of God. Have we look? I mean, look. We have to look at our own hearts. Have we put idols in God's temple, where His Holy Spirit dwells? What is what is in our life? What is in our affections that is unholy? Because God dwells here. It's really easy to try to be like the nations around. Israel was continually tempted by the, the ways of the nations around them, both their customs and their gods. It was easier to, it was, they could, you know, easier to be a Baal worshiper or a Moloch worshiper than to serve the true God, the glorious Lord of heaven and earth. They learned the ways of the Canaanites, the ways of the Philistines, the ways of the Ammonites. They learned the ways of the wicked. And that is a temptation for us today, too. We were told to get rid of our old life. But there's also other new stuff out there that's, that God doesn't want in our life, too. That not, even, not just the stuff we got rid of or we're trying to keep, away, keep, keep out of. There's, we, we, we have to think about, we, 
Think of yourself as a holy temple where God's spirit is dwelling. Will you, will you put, will you put a, an idol next to the temple, in the temple of God next to his throne or in front of his throne or in, in anywhere near it? Will you put an idol there? And can it be, your idol can be your job. I know when I lost my job this week, I had to think about how much I was resting in the security of that job. You know, I'd worked there 19 years. Uh, I didn't think about my job. And I, I, and I had this sense of, okay, my job's always going to be here. And I, and I think I, to some degree I rested in that. Instead of resting in Jesus, I had trusted in Jesus. And when something's taken away, then you, you go, and you, and you kind of fall over, you realize, I was leaning on that. I was leaning on that. And I, and I, and I wobbled, and I, I didn't fall all the way over, but I wobbled, and I kind of got back up. And thank you for your prayers, those who've known about it, uh, about my job going away at Ruan. But uh, right now we're doing that. We probably don't realize it with a lot of things. We're trusting in our bank account. Uh, we're trusting in your health. You're trusting in any, anything else but the Lord. And God has to reveal that to us a lot of times. We're totally blind to things. You know, we're, 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 we are children, okay? We are children. And kids, even sometimes when they mean to do right, they still break the stuff. <laughs> and they still mess it up. You have a, but you have a loving Heavenly Father. A merciful Heavenly Father. He knows, he knows what's in your heart. You know, and, that's, and it's apparent. That's a lot of it. He, he, he knows what you're thinking. He knows, he knows you desire to serve Him. And he, he wants you to. We are a holy people, royal priesthood. First Peter 2.9 kind of summarizes this. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once in darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You are a child of light, not of the darkness. You are shining, you are reflecting his glory, not your own. Right now in, the, in heaven. The angels are saying, Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty. If, friends, if we really want to try to know God and walk in his ways, we must be holy. The word says, without holiness. No man shall see the Lord. If, if you refuse to live a holy life and be separated to God, you will, not, you will not see God as he really is. 
you will not understand the Word of God like you should. You will not minister to people in the way you, that you should. You will, not, you, will not, you will not proclaim the gospel the way you should if you are not living a holy life and appreciating the holiness of our God. How separate from sinners he is. How set apart he is from everything else. How great he is. Your view will be skewed. It'll be like a person that you've only heard part of the story about. And you, 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 in your mind you figure out who they are by just certain information, but you leave out this important piece and you don't really know him. God is holy. He is holy. And he, only he can reveal that to our hearts because it's something that our minds have a hard time getting a handle on because we live in a world that we can see. We try to conceptualize things based on what we, we in our minds know. But he's like nothing else that there is. He is holy. And we are like nothing else that there is because his Holy Spirit dwells in us. And we are to reflect that light and that truth and that glory that only he can do. I mean, you are God's ambassador. You are, you are his reflection in the world. You are his light. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Ref- and reflect his true light. Don't, don't tell people what they want to hear. You need to give them the truth of who God is. And don't tell yourself what you want to hear either. You need to, we need to face the word of God for what it says and conform ourselves to what it says. There's no other way. If you want real revival, real repentance, real purity in the church, real love in the church, real, a real reflection of God in the church, we, all of us, we as a body, we as individuals must be holy. We must be holy. First Peter 7, that's, we could end there, but it doesn't end there. First Peter 17 through 19 says, And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the fuel of ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Our, our, the holy God of the universe did not write a check for your soul. 
He didn't write a check. He didn't send a pile of gold. He didn't give give you a house, give a house for your soul. He gave the precious blood of Christ. He came in the flesh and died for us. The holy God of the universe. He that was from the beginning. He that is separate and different from everything else. He came, robed himself in flesh. Became a a child, a baby. Walked on the earth in a time that wasn't nice like we have it. He didn't come as a rich man. He came as a, a regular poor person. Lived in a normal house, a carpenter's son. He came in flesh. He came down from glory. He came down from the worship of millions and millions. He came down, the creator of all things. He came down, holy. Almighty. And we rejected him. He was despised and rejected of men. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The love of God in light of that, in light of that, in light of the love and the humility and the giving his all, putting his all there. He didn't just send angel or, or, or send something he created. He sent himself to save you, to save me. That's how much he loves us. That's how much we know that he's going to keep loving us. Because he would do that. In light of that, it says, to conduct yourself with fear through the time of your exile. So fellow exiles, fellow aliens, fellow strangers, fellow people that don't fit in. We don't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. Knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways of your forefathers. He, he did it all. He took it all. The precious blood of Christ. That of a lamb without blemish or spot. Conduct yourself with fear. And what is, this, what is driving this fear? It can be the fear of judgment. But it is also this awe and wonder at what God has done for miserable me. Miserable you. Sorry. We're all in this boat together. Even though I don't know you, what you go through. We are all miserable and wretched and before him without the blood of Christ. Conduct yourself with this fear. Because of what, how great what God did is. How great it is. We, we need to appreciate that. You know, a lot of the old hymns, you, you read them and you're like, wow. 
Oh, what a, you know, mighty... I mean, there's just so many hymns talking about how precious is God, the blood of Jesus. Oh, what a mighty gulf that God did cross at Calvary. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Conduct yourself with this fear. Do you you get that? We're pretty glib a lot of times in the church about spiritual things. We're pretty, it's pretty light. This is not, we're in fear. You know, an exile, a stranger, he's walking around going, ooh, I don't fit in here. I hope they don't kill me. I hope they don't do something to me. Uh, you shouldn't be at home here because this isn't your real home. We should not be at home here. If we are, our affections may not be where they're supposed to be. Because soon, corruption will put on incorruption. Whether he comes for us by death or by the revelation of Jesus Christ, he is coming. Even so, come Lord Jesus. May that be the prayer of our hearts today. Come, Lord Jesus. My belt is girded. My light is burning. I am waiting, waiting for the knocking at the door. I am waiting for you, Jesus, every day expecting you to come. Whether you take me home one way or the other, I'm going home. I'm going home. And this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My home is up somewhere, way beyond the blue. The angels beckon me to heaven's open door, and I won't be at home in this world anymore. Hallelujah. Here, let's, let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, this is so much. You have to enlarge our hearts to do this, Lord. Because we can't. We just humbly, Father, we humbly come before you and ask you to just put this in it, that in us. To walk the path of righteousness that you have chosen for us. Through the ups and downs, the, the trials, and the, and, the, and the smooth sailing times. Lord Jesus, may we be faithful to you in all things and glorify you in our, all things. May we be as obedient children to you reflecting your glory, reflecting your holiness. For we shall be holy, for you are holy. Thank you, Lord. We praise and honor and glorify you. Amen.